Are you seeking a better way to accelerate your sales, to scale your business, to live a life with no limits? Accelerate Sales Podcast features global experts who have cracked the code to recurring revenues with proven sales systems and get you on the fast track to scaling. Now let's accelerate your sales with today's episode. Welcome to the Accelerate Sales Podcast. Today, we've got an amazing guest. You're going to learn three key things. One is the ecosystem and the role partnerships play in that ecosystem. We're obviously talking about the tech ecosystem. The second is the top three players and how Microsoft is gaining share and why it's gaining share and what to look for when selecting the right vendor to partner with. If you're a first-time listener, please subscribe if you like the show. If you're a regular, love those reviews on the platform that you're listening to. Uh, By all means, take notes, but we also have a great short summary in the app that you're listening to. We've got a, a more detailed summary within the website, which is paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast. And then you can always get the full transcript if you like, just by going to that page. And before we go to the interview with Vince, I'd like to thank our sponsors. So the first one is the Cloud Consultants Collective. So it's a free Slack community of like-minded peers across multiple SaaS platforms, all helping each other to scale. So you can just go to the cloudconsultantscollective.com. And the next is SendSpark. You know, video is becoming so much more important. I now do this video and also audio. So if you ever want to watch the video, you can go to YouTube. They're all there under Paul Higgins Mentoring. But what about in the sales process? And what you can do is send brilliant little videos with gifts. Uh, and also you can use some really clever ways to scale, but still personalize it. And the, the platform's called SendSpark, and you can get six months free at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash SendSpark. So our guest today is Vince Men- Menazone, and he's an award-winning business leader who's delivered and advanced four that's right, four successful business transformations, including, including almost a decade as the GM of Microsoft running a $4.6 billion, that's with a B, partner business by embracing disruptive technology and building successful partnerships to transform businesses. As the CEO of Ultimate Partnerships, Vince has distilled 30 years of experience. He doesn't look that old. Uh, 30 years of experience to set, have a set of proven principles and guides technology organizations towards maximizing their business results by applying these proven principles and a framework to get partnerships right, to optimize for success and deliver results. And as if you stay to the end, he actually gives you what those seven principles are and guide. He's also a, runs a successful podcast himself. I mentioned several times in this podcast, I never miss it. It's the ultimate guide to partnership where he spotlights or leaders and partnership principles to help technology orgs thrive through this time of rapid transformation. So what I'll do now is hand you over to Vince Men Zone from Ultimate Partnerships. Welcome, Vince. Paul, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me today. It's great to have you here. Uh, as we are saying in the preamble, I listened to all of your uh, podcasts on the Ultimate um, Partnership 
or the ultimate guide to partnerships, I should say. I uh, love your pod, uh, podcast. I love what you do in the industry. So very, very excited to have you here today. But why don't we kick off with uh, you telling us who you love to work with and what are some of the problems that you love to solve for them? So I am passionate about partnerships, no surprise. I yeah. grew up in the sales world. Uh, I carried a bag, learned very quickly that I'd get further with partners. Uh, might not get there as fast, but I'll get further with partners. And uh, I've worked at Microsoft and I've helped a lot of organizations. My favorite clients right now are independent software vendors. The, you know, the SaaS economy is exploding. I just saw a recent study had us at about 368,000 global ISVs, independent software vendors. Wow. And I find that a lot of these organizations are still struggling working with the tech giants and working with the hyperscalers and are coming at it maybe without a true understanding of what makes successful partnerships. So that's where I focus. Those are my favorite clients. Yeah, brilliant. And and what are some of the, the problems? Like you said, it's getting to those tech giants, but in yeah, in a more a little more specifically, what are some of the things that you you really help them solve? Well, you know, it's we still live in a world uh, from a sales world where the CRO and many organizations thinks about hiring, you know, another 10 or 20 sellers and smiling and dialing. And we put a lot of science around marketing, but we haven't put the science of attribution as much so on partnerships and really measuring the success. And we all know intuitively, and we believe that partnerships can help drive scale, reach uh, effectiveness in terms of closing business and the like. And a lot of these organizations know intuitively that they want to work with the tech giants. You just saw some of the earnings reports here in the United States. Microsoft was on top of the three hyperscalers this, this past quarter. So a lot of these organizations, are, they know intuitively they want to work with the tech giant. They may not have the right skills. They may not be aligned the right way or have the right set of expectations. And we come in and help these organizations align for success, optimize for success, and deliver the greatest results. Yeah, brilliant. And and just on Microsoft itself, you know, it sort of went a little bit out of favor. And like you said, now it's it's more than back in favor. What what do you yes. think brought some of that success? You know, I give a lot of credit to Satya Nadella. Uh, it wasn't alone. I think the momentum was there. But I was there during the Satya Nadella years and before that, the Steve Ballmer years. And I saw a, a great shift in terms of culture, in terms of what I'll refer to as the growth mindset. Satya instilled a new growth mindset into the business. No longer was it competing against everyone. It was partnering with a lot of organizations that were potentially competitors in the past. Certainly the rise of the cloud and Azure, Microsoft continued to make significant investments. Satya came from that business and understood, like, you know, poured in billions and billions of dollars a year in building data centers, building sovereign clouds in many parts of the world, which I think Microsoft took the lead on quite candidly. And going to a lot of these governments that maybe weren't comfortable with an American company with the Patriot Act, uh, having the data reside in, in the US. And so really worked hard on the development. And then when Microsoft really has always excelled, you know, you didn't many years ago they used to say you don't get fired for buying IBM. Well, you really don't get fired for buying Microsoft, right? Microsoft on the desktop in many parts of the world is the the gold standard. Um, Office is the gold standard across businesses. And so Microsoft had the reach into the customers 
And intuitively from its onset, you know, making PCs and delivering PCs or software for PCs back in the early days, intuitively knew and built a strong partner ecosystem, probably the strongest of the large uh, ecosystems out there. And so it's ingrained in the culture of Microsoft. And so there's a greater, I believe, a greater opportunity to develop a very strong co-selling relationship with and through Microsoft for these SaaS software companies. Yeah, and then just talk about so the, you know, the partner ecosystem, and you know, for most of you listening or watching now, you know, you're you know selling a SaaS software, so it's a little bit below. It's a different style of partnership because you know you're, uh, you know, the the end person on the ground, uh, making sure that the the customer gets a result from the implementation of the software. You know why? You know, people always talk about Microsoft's number one. You know that I think the return on uh, you'll tell me the right number, but I think it's like nine times or something like it. You know, it's exceptional. Um, you know, why is that? Why is Microsoft? You said it's in their DNA, but what else? Well, what what makes Microsoft Partner Network so good? Well, first of all, in terms of ecosystems, let's talk about ecosystems because it's a word that's really getting a lot of buzz lately. Uh, Accenture did a study, and they interviewed CEOs in every industry and in every geography, and those CEOs said that their businesses were going to be unrecognizable in five years. And it was because of ecosystems and partnerships. Yeah. And so the transformation that we've seen the last couple of years has been, you know, our lives have changed dramatically. Our world has changed and technology has been the driving force, right? We, it's not as relevant to necessarily have to meet in person all the time. Sure, we'd love to be in person. We're getting digitally fatigued at this point, but you know we don't have to. We've realized that telemedicine, shopping, education, all these things we've been able to deliver transformatively digitally. And so that technology has been the driver. But this concept of ecosystems, like you will go further with more because customers are making decisions today the way we as consumers have made decisions, right? You're going to get a new vehicle. You might call five friends and ask them what they think of that particular vehicle before yes, you make your yes. decision. IT buyers and line of business buyers who are making decisions, uh, technology purchases, are doing the same thing. They're relying on the other organizations that they work with. So they're influence decision makers. They're reseller decision makers. There are systems integrators that help cobble together a set of solutions to solve a whole issue for an organization. All of these organizations have some degree of impact in, in this buying decision process. So for these organizations that want to come into an ecosystem like Microsoft, that's exactly what it is. It's an ecosystem. And recognizing that partnerships of all types may be impactful to your success and driving your success. Co-selling is a, you know, an, a, a notion that maybe five or six years ago wouldn't have been as strong as it is today. Yeah. And, and what's your version or current version of co-selling? Well, what's it mean to you? You know, it can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Um, the, 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 uh, when I say the strictest definition yeah. is we walk, we lock arms, we walk hand in hand into the account and we sell it together, right? That's, that's the strictest definition, but it can mean a lot of different things. Co-selling could be co-branding. For instance, if I'm working with the tech giant, just the simple fact that we, maybe we've done a press release together talking about the great solution that we deliver together in market 
Yes. We do that together. That helps drive demand for our solution. So MQLs, right? It might be that we did some type of joint initiative. We did some type of event together where we generated demand for our solutions together. Or it might be that I have a solution and I'm trying to get in front of a customer. You own the customer relationship and help remove the blockers for me or help accelerate my success by telling the customer, in fact, giving credibility and providing a level because you have a trusted relationship providing a level of credibility to my sales process. So it can be any of those things. Yeah, great. And what's a good uh, example that you can publicly mention that you've been involved in lately? Oh my goodness. I mean, so many, right? But I remember one instance in particular where we had a very significant opportunity. We had a technology buyer, uh, chief technology officer, major academic institution who brought in Microsoft because they thought Microsoft was going to say they should buy the other guys that we were competing with another company. And Microsoft got up and said, no, our, this company is the right company. They're the ones we stand behind. They have modernized and built and stayed with us and aligned their technologies and have the better solution. And that flipped the sale. That flipped oh. the sale. This buyer. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's incredible. And, um, and if you look for, um, when you're looking for the partners, so when Microsoft, for example, is looking for the right partner, what, what are some of the, the things they look for? Well, commitment is super important. Right? I, talk about, I talk about some of the aspects, and we'll talk about this, what I call the seven habits or the seven principles of what makes successful partnering. But executive commitment, right? It can't be transactional. Microsoft wants to know that organizations that they're working with are in it for the long haul. That in fact, that they are committed. They recognize that we live in a heterogeneous world. And so in many cases, some of these organizations are also working with Amazon or Google or Salesforce or whoever the other competitor might be in a given instance and in workload. But they want to understand that for this situation, we are committed to together. We're locked arms. We have a shared vision for success. And we're focused on driving that together. So those, right. those are the principles around that. Yeah, so that's and, what they look for back. They want to see reciprocity. Yes, they want to see that you're not just trying to uh, take my clients, that there's, yes, oh, and you're in it for me. And then also that this shared vision and value means that there's also what's in it for me as well as Microsoft, because they have to drive, they have to drive cloud consumption. They have to drive adoption of their technologies and so on. And they have a very crisp scorecard that everyone in the organization is measured against at Microsoft. Yeah, and and if you look, you look back at the you know some of the big players like you mentioned, then you know Salesforce, Microsoft. Like, how do you see the competing landscape? And you know, however far you can look out, it might be the next you know th three years. It could be the next ten years. Like, how wh where do you see each of them getting their competitive ad advantage ultimately? Well, you know, they came at it. They all came at it from a different perspective, right? So, you know, certainly arguably Salesforce was the first SaaS software company by far. Yeah. Amazon came at it from uh, swipe a credit card and do an online transaction like a shopper would. would. So really th they were distanced from the customer, but they got the early adopters in the IT segment because they, they were the first to market and they had a three-year lead on everyone else. Google came at it from advertising. So their backend engines and systems are really optimized around search and they arguably have some of the best technology. 
Um, but they also didn't have a direct sales organization, right? They were, they were an advertising model. And then Microsoft has been at this for you know, 40 plus years in a world where they were delivering software to boxes, right? With PCs. And those, somebody had to do that, right? Somebody had to take the software and load it onto a PC and maybe hook it up to a printer, then a network, then the cloud and so on. And so they've built this ecosystem around resellers, around systems integrators, around independent software vendors, around partners of all types, learning partners and the like. And so they've built this 450,000, this massive partner ecosystem. And so the whole, the whole organization is orchestrated around that. And the others have had to engineer it in afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. Amazon didn't have an enterprise sales organization. They had to go build one. Arguably, they've taken a lot of people from organizations like Microsoft and like to go do that. Same thing with Google. Now Google's playing catch up, right? So you look at the market share. Amazon still is the market leader with about 33 to 35% market share. Uh, Microsoft gained a couple points this last year, going from about 20 to 23%. And Google's in the single digits, somewhere in the, you know, the five, six, seven range in terms of percentage of market share. And then there's everybody else, right? There's everybody else. Salesforce is at a different angle because they're coming at it from an application perspective. So they've done a good job there. They seem to be driving their growth through acquisition though, more so than just uh, organic growth the way you see from the other three. Yeah, and I've heard that that's you know there's going to be more and more consolidation at the moment because I think from a Martech perspective, I think there's nine thousand four hundred, and that you know obviously is going up every day. Yes. There's uh, lots and lots of small players, and I know you deal with some of those small players to get to the tech giants. But um, yeah, well, what's your view at the moment on consolidation of some of these uh, smaller vendors by the large? Oh, there's quite a bit of consolidation happening right now um, in the Microsoft world. In fact, I've had I've had a guest on who helps organizations sell their sell their companies for millions linda rose she's been an excellent guest on my podcast but yeah what's what you're microsoft and the industry tends to act as a forcing function here right Uh, microsoft just recently announced a few different things but one of the things they announced was a new partner program so rodney clark who's been a guest on my podcast he'll be back again actually in a couple weeks rodney's the channel chief at microsoft yeah. And he's, he's just uh, introduced this new partner program that is requiring organizations to reach certain uh, thresholds, right? You need to be, have certain competencies. You need to invest in a certain amount of resources. You have to, they're, they're, they're raising the bar. And what that's going to force some of the other organizations to get acquired or organizations to gobble up. And we're starting to see this more and more. There's the efficiencies of scale that come with that, right? Or just the inability to operate independently any longer we've been seeing it for quite some time we continue to see it accelerating and we'll continue to see that happening yeah and and marketplaces so there's been you know some discussion yeah uh, around you know, marketplaces will somehow replace some of what the the direct sales is 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 happening within industry how, how do you sort of see that playing out you know some people will say that marketplaces will become the channel I've had guests on my podcast talk about the fact that we've inverted the channel and marketplaces sit at the front end. I think, I think personally that marketplaces will become the enabler for yeah. better partner-to-partner engagement. They won't replace the channel the same way the internet didn't replace you know, sellers talking to one another and working together to drive, a, drive an outcome. Yes. And I think in the same way, the marketplace will become the vehicle that we will drive or the object that we will drive the customer to 
What it helps to facilitate, though, is it streamlines all the work that was happening. So these SaaS software companies, working with Microsoft as an example, could be AWS or Google, um, they are doing their thing over here. They're selling motion, which includes all the processes that take you from the top of the funnel down to the bottom of the funnel. And then there's all this paperwork that has to go back and forth between the organizations to make a transaction happen, to record a transaction, to attribute it back to a Microsoft to, so that their people get paid. Well, that all, a lot of that gets eliminated or gets streamlined quite a bit through the marketplace concept. And yeah. what we're finding is that the vendors are recognizing that it's not just one organization that's selling in the marketplace, it's going to be multiple organizations. So we've been working with some of the, the best in class in terms of saying, okay, we're going to get these two solutions or these two vendors together, and we're going to bundle a solution in the marketplace. And then we're starting to see that happen quite a bit. And we're going to see more of that happening in the future. Right. And, and what about verticals or industries? So I know there's a lot of talk about medical. There's been a lot of talk about Google medical yep. and you mentioned it before or healthcare or however you want to define it. Well, what are you seeing at some of the, the key verticals or industries that, that Microsoft are, are hot on at the moment? Well, we talked about the lines of business, right? Where Microsoft spent a lot of time with the IT purchaser, right? The technology, they sold the plumbing back in the day. They recognized years ago, and I, I led the public sector partner organization for almost a decade, which included federal government, state and local education and healthcare. We were the early industries yes, and with yes. an industry lens. But in those days, we were still selling more plumbing, I would say, but putting a little bit of a skin to it. Now you're starting to see these industry clouds and Microsoft has focused quite a bit of energy and effort here, engineering solutions specifically for an industry. So they've done this in healthcare, retail, financial services, manufacturing and the like. And what they're doing is they're driving a set of solutions and it's partner led. They're taking their top partners and many other partners and they're bringing them to this, this industry cloud approach so they can walk into the customer and say, this is the product offering. This is the set of solutions that meet your requirements in the line of business, not at the IT shop where I'm, you know, bits and bytes, but down at the actual user uh, line of business level. Yeah. And so more focus uh, in the case of Microsoft, they've actually reorganized their, their uh, sales organization as such that they're independent units. They have a vice president, they have marketing sales, customer success, solutions technologists, and the like, all focused by industry. Right. Yep. Yeah, and and um, I do know they also, well, it's been a while now that I worked with uh, someone that was building, uh, uh, you know, a solution for doctors effectively for, um, what, what do you call them in America? Um, um yeah, you know, your local uh, GP, your physician, your yeah, physicians' practices, yeah, 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 yep. yeah, and they were funded by Microsoft to develop the the solution for you know, um, you know, is is that still with these verticals? Is that still happening? Are they acting like a you know a an accelerator or a venture capital um, for some of these industries? Microsoft does does have a venture capital arm for early stage. Uh, SaaS software companies, it does provide funding for those. That's an area too, where you've seen some consolidation, at least in the United States, right? Some of the, there's three big vendors, uh, Epic, Cerner, and McKesson that have the big electronic health records solutions 
in those markets. And what you're starting to see too in the United States, I don't know if you're, you're, you're seeing it other parts of the world, is this consolidation of the physician practices underneath the big hospital systems. So the big hospital systems make the you know, you know, 20, 30, $40 million investment in this system. And then these other practices kind of fall in underneath that, that larger uh, system. So you start to see quite a bit of that in the United States. Yeah, yeah. And having acquired and tried to integrate companies in the past, uh, it becomes interesting if they're all on different systems. Uh, and, and uh, you know, you, you see a lot of partners. Um, if, if I'm I'm someone who's like, once again, I'm, I'm implementing reselling software at the ground level, right? You know, what should I be looking for when I go to pick a partner? Because, you know, as we said, there's so many of them. Uh, unfortunately, we... Uh, we picked a partner when we had our business and uh, it was acquired by one of the uh, large ones. Well, I'll call call them out, Citrix, and the, the strategies changed overnight and unfortunately uh, we, we jumped onto another platform. But, um, you know, what, what, you know, how do I go as, as uh, someone trying to pick, you know, the right uh, racetrack and the right horse and the right jockey in the, in the race? You know, what, what are some words of wisdom uh, from your perspective on that? Well, well, certainly it, um, it's like any other vendor strategy, right? Again, I talked about the five seats at the table, references, right? How, do you, how comfortable do you feel with, um, with the people you're working with? Yeah. How, what's, their, what's their track record of delivery? Does the solution meet at least 80% of what you're looking to do? Can they deliver on time and on, and on budget? And... Um, what's their what's their customer delight measurement like you know what's their how how are, how, how happy are customers what's their attrition rate and uh what are their client scores right how do, how, how are they measured uh, mps is the big measurement here in the united states net promoter scores what are their net promoter scores yeah 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 brilliant well um look we'll have to leave it there before we go into the the deep dive but um you know people I'm talking to Vince and his podcast is called The Ultimate Guide to Partnerships. I, I thoroughly recommend. And I know at the end of this, you've got a, a really good asset that people can uh, use around partnerships as well. So uh, we're going to go into the deep dive now. Are you ready, Vince? Absolutely. Let's go. All right. Well, let's fire this up. So the first one is what are some daily sales habits that you do to accelerate your sales? So... I've been in sales my whole career. I carried a bag in the early days of my my technology career. And you know, I think it it does come down to relationships and trust. I mean, I don't have a I don't have a magic secret, you know, maybe back in the day when I was first starting out, you know, you say these words in this order and you you get an order. Yeah. I became a big fan though of Miller Hyman back in the, my career. Yeah. And Strategic selling has always been something that I think I could do what they call a blue sheet. I could probably do it. Yep. In the, it's, it's in the back of my head at all times, right? Yep. So as I think through the whole process of working with an organization, I think about who are the buying influences, what relationships can I develop with, who, who can be my coach, how can I develop those relationships, how can I turn people from a negative to a positive and move them up to being enthousi an enthusiastic uh, sponsor of my solution. And so I, I, I use that quite a bit in terms of my methodology and how I think about sales and working with organizations. Same here. I, I um, learned that in 99, I went through the course 
uh, when I was at Coca-Cola and yes, and in and out of business. So when I go to buy a house, when I go to do anything that's a major transaction, I pull out the old blue sheet and away I go. I think it's, uh, it's brilliant. So, you know, we've talked a lot about technology and, um, but what about for you? What, what are some essential um, tech that you use to accelerate your sales? So, I, I mean, I use a lot of tools in the, in the work that I do, right? Uh, hosting a podcast requires me to use things like WordPress and some of the technologies that I use around the podcast. But I simply use HubSpot as just a general tool. And it, I, tie it, I like the fact that it ties in directly to, into my email uh, delivery solution. And then I go back and I just, I ferret through some of those contacts on an occasional basis. I also use LinkedIn quite a bit. I'm a big fan of LinkedIn. I'm very active in the LinkedIn community and I have a, I have a newsletter, an ultimate guide to partnering newsletter that's, that's available in through LinkedIn. And I find that I do a lot of social selling that way. I keep up with people. Uh, I'm able to research them through sales navigator and other tools that are available for me. And, uh, you know, it's a little bit of a surround strategy, right? If I, if I find somebody, I find out who, who's worked with them, who, who knows them and uh, look for introductions to be successful there. Yeah. Yeah. LinkedIn is, uh, I don't know a salesperson that wouldn't be in there every day. It's, uh, it's just, yeah. yeah, it's brilliant. Um, what about the best source of leads? You've talked about LinkedIn, uh, which is social selling, et cetera, but what's another really good source of leads for you in your business? You know, I find that people just pick up the phone. I mean, I they reach out. Um, yeah. I find that some of my best opportunities come. Somebody saw me speak at a conference. Somebody saw the listened to the podcast or saw a post that I did. And the ones certainly the ones where they reach out to me, you know, they're free qualified. And I do find that those tend to be very high quality leads for me. Yeah, well, I think you know not, I'm not selling. It's the it's it's the social work I do in front of the giving back to this amazing community. Yeah, uh, re, I reap the rewards from that. Yeah, sure. and look, you got a very you know, high quality podcast. You know that then means that you're going to get high quality leads. So you do you do give back a lot. And like I said, I listen to every every episode of yours and uh, are learning as you know. For me, I I spent you know most 18 years in the Coke system. And, you know, technology is very similar, right? The vendor does effectively the, the product and the, the marketing, and then the partner does everything else. So very similar worlds, but you've really helped me, especially in the Microsoft world, really understand it better. So I uh, appreciate that. So I recommend everyone go listen to the ultimate um, guide to partnerships. The last one's the big one. So what's one, just one action we can take from today to 10X our sales? Find great partners. I got into partnering because I hated cold calling, by the way, back in the day. And my approach was I get a stack of leads and I'd hand them out to partners and they would pay me back tenfold. Find good organizations to work with. Then you'll multiply your sales efforts tenfold. Yeah. Yeah. Well said, Brent. So, uh, we, we spoke about it, but if you want the seven principles to successful partnering, just go to ultimate-partnerships.com. All the links will be in the show notes. I'll talk about that in the, uh, the outro. But uh, Vince, absolutely wonderful having you on. Thanks for all of the work that you do for the ecosystem, for the, for the industry-wide 
And uh, yeah, great to uh, to hear your deeper perspectives on today's podcast. Paul, thank you so much for having me. I love what you're doing here. I love sales. It's like it's in my blood, you know. And so I love the fact that you are providing this amazing forum internationally to help all of us become better at what I love to do every day. So thank you. Brilliant. Thanks. Bye. I love that interview with Vince. He's got so much wisdom over his 30 years and he shares it uh, so openly. And uh, don't forget to get the seven principles successful partnerships at ultimate-partnerships.com. Obviously, we're going to have all the links to that and everything else that he shared. And why don't you give him a shout out on LinkedIn? Now, he said he uses a lot of social selling. What's something that you took from today's podcast implemented? You know, share it with everyone on LinkedIn and mention Vince. And uh, once again, you can find out more at Ultimate Partnerships. So it's ultimate-partnerships.com. And as I've said, there's going to be a, a summary within your the app that you're listening to. There's going to be a more detailed summary. Uh, my team do a fantastic jo- job. Just go to paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast to see those. And also you can get a full transcript as well. And why don't you share it with some of your peers? Don't be one of those friends that holds it. If you know someone is looking and has got interest in this area and they want help to accelerate their sales, please share it with them. Check out the solo shows as well. And don't forget that free community, which is cloudconsultantscollective.com. So next week's guest is Islan Manastiri, and she is a brilliant HubSpot partner, and she's going to be talking about how they've gone about scaling their HubSpot agency. Please, as always, take action to accelerate your sales. I'm fired up after today's episode. What about you? But hey, before you go, learning is just one piece of the puzzle. Now it's time to put today's strategy into action. Head over now to today's show page at paulhigginsmentoring.com forward slash podcast and share how you'll put it into action. Be sure to head over to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe, rate, and review the show. Tell me what your favorite episode is. And don't wait one minute more to gain access to your pulse check at paulhigginsmentoring.com. This could be the difference between struggling to get more leads and making this next quarter your best one yet.